what can you guys do to be of service and, and help the world and have incredible experiences of family? That's gonna teach them so much more as a legacy than anything else you could do, especially handing them some big check when you're dead, when you won't even ever see it. Smart money, parenting. All right, everybody, welcome back. We got another episode of Smart Money Parenting. I am, I'm having a great day. Chad, how are you doing today, buddy? I couldn't be better. I mean, I almost could be, but not completely, but I'm doing great. <laughs> and why is that? Tell everybody why. Because, yeah, I'm on spring break with the family and I'm on the balcony recording a podcast about parenting and money. And behind the, the screen, I'm just looking at this tropical beach with a pool, palm trees with a little breeze and sunshine. So we are putting in the work for our listeners. And as soon as we're done, I'm going right out to that pool. I love it. I love it. And we're living this right now. Today's episode is a, it's a really important topic. And, you know, I'm sitting here. I told you right before we started recording, I am simultaneously extremely excited for you and jealous. We've got a two-week-old at home. And I have, I think I have, you know, dried milk on my shoulder. And uh, it smells lovely. <laughs> That's, oh but, at the same, but at the same time, you know, we're going our spring breaks next week. We're heading up to Park City to do some skiing with the family. And, um, you know, we're taking a newborn with us. We're just going to do it. And we want to have those experiences with our kids because at the end of the day, that's the point. And the, you know, the, the thought for today is give while you live, you know, giving while living is better than an inheritance. And you just posted a viral post and we got to talk about this. So uh, explain this, Chad, what does it mean to, to give giving while living is better than inheritance? What does that mean to you? Well, I, I'm speaking from experience because I've seen clients give inheritance and receive inheritance. And when they receive it in their 60s, 70s, late 70s, sometimes even, it's just not as useful. It's not appreciated. It's, it's oftentimes not even needed at that point. And yet, when I look at things like housing affordability today, and not that a house is the end all be all, but housing affordability for young people, like I'm thinking about my kids, my oldest is 18. In three to five years, how is she going to be able to afford a house in Southern California? Like, I, I don't see it being possible. It's crazy how much housing has gone up and interest rates are high. And so giving while living is really the concept of making an impact of sharing your wealth with family and causes and charities and churches and things while you're alive rather than so you can see the impact of giving rather than waiting yeah. until you die and all that stuff just inherited or spent or just you know these these faceless and nameless checks going out you know what i mean yeah totally i mean we the stats are clear 90 percent of generational wealth is pissed away in the, by the third generation and the number one and two issue is communication and education right, right. having those conversations with the kids having the experiences with your kids and grandkids Passing on generational wealth is a lot harder than people think. It's, it's, and it's, do you really want to die with a bunch of money in the account? What does right. that get you at the end of the day? You know, right. and then we hear the nightmare sides of it, right? Where people have money and then their kids are waiting for them to die. That's so true. They're, at, you know, when they're in their last couple of decades of life, the kids are just like, okay, so who gets what? You know, yep. they're trying to, you know, coerce and bribe and be there to be like the favorite kid or grandkid or whatever 
or niece or nephew to get the money. And then the relationships askew from that moment on. You just prompted a story. There was a, there was a client I had that was sick and he was in his sixties and he was sick. He was on a second marriage. He was in the hospital and the family knew that his lifespan was not going to last very long. Okay. But what a, he was a great, great guy. He, he passed away at like nine 30 at night on a Wednesday night at the hospital. He died at 9.30. I got a text from his wife by 10 o'clock that he passed away. I was pretty sad. I'm like, I'd worked with this client for a few years. He was a great guy. And uh, the next morning at seven o'clock in the morning, Thursday morning, his wife and one of the adult children was at our office before the office opened. They were standing in the foyer and we were like, what is going on? Like he literally passed away less than 12 hours ago at the hospital. They were there in the lobby waiting to see how quickly they could get the money. And I, I felt sick to my stomach. I was unlocking the office door. I was the first person there. And I felt sick to my stomach. I was like, he, he's literally barely passed. And you left, the ho- you left the hospital and you're just, all you're worried about is how quickly you can get your hands on his money. And it made me pretty sad, not, not gonna lie. Man, that is, um, that's, that's sad. That hurts to hear. And I, I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize that, you know, especially if you have, you know, a struggle in a relationship or a struggle with kids or even estranged kids or even kids that grew up and had a different career than other kids, then there's that disparity there. And you never know what your kids are going to do, right? Some kid might have a low paying job. Some, some kid might have a high paying job. Maybe one of the kids will not have a job. Who knows, right? And so you don't know what's going to happen. And so I guess the case we're making today is giving while living, uh, not just to charities, but like having experiences with your kids, be a giver to your kids, show that example to your kids, you know, the happiness that that brings the satisfaction and fulfillment that brings to you will not only extend your life because it's going to make you such a, a much more grateful human but it's going to deepen exponentially the relationships that matter most to you in your life, right? I, th- I heard this quote this morning that maturity is depth of relationship. Mm. And this really struck me. It's like, okay, we were talking about love. You know, in the Bible, it talks about what is actually love. Love is not an adjective. Love is a verb. You choose love. You, you, and, and that in feelings, love is not a feeling necessarily. It's an action and the feelings follow. And the way that you know that you're loving well is depth of relationship. That's like the mark, right? So, you know, people talk about maturing in their wisdom and their, their knowledge and their, you know, their faith or whatever it would be. Well, the mark of that is having a deeper relationship with your partner, with your kids, with your friends, with the people that you work with or people who work for you or people you work for. That is the mark of love and growing in wisdom and knowledge. And I think what we're saying is giving while living and having the experiences with your kids, not just, you know, not just giving them whatever they want. This is a different conversation. We're not trying to spoil or entitle kids. What we're saying is have experiences with your kids. Give together. What can you guys do to be of service and and help the world and have incredible experiences as a family? That's going to teach them so much more as a legacy than anything else you could do, especially handing them some big check when you're dead, when you won't even ever see it, right? And it probably will cause more conflict and more issues between the next generations 
if you just do that. Like how many people die and then their kids fight over the money for the rest of their lives, right? It's happened. It, it, ha it happens more often than you would suspect. Even amongst families, so I see are very cohesive. I'm shocked to see the ripple effect of inheritance cause some issues. So I would also say giving while living includes education, like you said, and family conversations and discussions. So a smart money parent is going to have these conversations ahead of time. It's not going to be just a complete surprise or shot in the dark where there's this inheritance given. I think along the way, if you can create experiences, not just of creating memories, I have one client, he said, all I want to do is be able to take my entire posterity, which is kids and grandkids right now, on a trip to Hawaii once a year. He's like, that's like my number one thing is to create these traditions and memories. So we have a culture of doing a fun thing together that they'll remember for the rest of their lives long after I'm gone. And I think that's awesome. In addition to that, giving while living could, could include, we're going to do a really cool service opportunity together. Could be really small. Might, might only cost a couple hundred bucks. Could be really big. Could be a $10,000 missions trip to Africa or Nicaragua, right? But you're doing it together. Hmm. You're doing it while you're alive. You're not just dumping a bunch of money on your adult children when they're in their 60s and 70s, which you know, like I said, they're not going to probably need it as much at that point. Yeah. And, and that is legacy to me. That is inheritance to me. I would rather inherit, inherit experiences and knowledge Agreed. and wisdom from my parents and grandparents and my family than a check. Because Agreed. that's what's going to actually last for generations to come. The knowledge transfer is what matters the most. The, the love that transfers the experiences together. That's what sticks in their memory. That's how you want to be remembered. That's what legacy is. Not X amount of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars when I'm dead. This, this is the point. We can deepen our relationships with our kids by having these shared experiences and shared giving while living experiences together. And so I think here's where my my personal like issue would come with this, Chad, if I'm thinking about this like a devil's advocate, right? Right. How do I know how much is enough? So if I'm sitting here and I'm in my, you know, late 30s, 40s, 50s, and I'm sitting like, okay, I gotta, I gotta work X hard to get to this state so I can take care of myself and not be a burden right. on the people in my last few decades. Right. What, how much is enough? And how do I think about giving while living? Instead of, I don't, I want to make sure that there's something left when I'm, when I die, because I don't want to be a burden on the system or on of my course, family or future generations. Right. So I definitely know that there's that fear that parents have when it comes to smart money parenting. It's like, well, I don't want to be a burden on my kids. If I waste it all now, what if I have a need later? How do you think about that? That's a great, great question, Scott. And I think that comes, that confidence comes from having a very well thought out personal financial plan, which everyone needs and deserves. Otherwise, you could have millions upon millions upon millions and still be wondering, am I okay? Do I have enough? Am I going to run out? You know, that that scarcity and fear is going to get you no matter what. So until you are working with a team that has given you that complete level of confidence in your own financial situation, it's going to be difficult to give um, you know, more freely. And so it's, it's like the analogy of, 
putting the oxygen mask on yourself first in the airplane before you put it on your kids in that same manner. You've got to make sure that your financial life is in order, financial house is in order, and then you've got the confidence to do more when it comes to giving and, and sharing. But I would say this, it doesn't have to cost a lot. Yeah. If you're just starting out, if, if you're you know in a new family or you're just getting your financial life on track, that's okay. You can do some giving while living experiences that are very inexpensive. It's, it's more about the tradition, the knowledge transfer, the culture, the values, the experiences. You know, it doesn't take more than a couple hundred bucks maybe to go make an impact on some cause in your community with your kids. Uh, on a bigger scale, when you earn more financial freedom and resources, you can do a lot bigger things, but you don't have to start there. Uh, the right. point is we think that giving while living is so much more valuable than just inheritance without education, especially. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it you know what's free? Uh, there's someone in our neighborhood that needs help in the yard. Here's right. that's what we're gonna do on Saturday. We're gonna give while we live. There's this, there's a local homeless shelter or soup kitchen or something at the church that needs help. You know, we're gonna do that as a family. We're gonna give while we live. These things are free, right? Start small. If you don't have a lot, start small. And what we would, you know, Chad and I are big on planning. Like you have to plan. People don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And so what we love, this is why the money machine is my favorite part of the gravy stack app for the kids. Every dollar you make is auto split and you watch the coins flow, save and invest goes in that jar, spend goes in that jar. And then your share goes in that jar. And every dollar you make gets split. And that's the biggest thing we're seeing now, you know, with tons of kids in this app, we see kids that say, wait a minute, I just made $10. How come I, where, where's that $10 on my debit card to spend? No kid, you only have $6 or whatever you chose because $3 of it went to your save and invest and a dollar of it went into your share, you know, or whatever your percentage is. That one little move, that one small move for the kids is one of the best parenting hacks for every single parent out there, because what you did is you ingrain in your kids this habit that I'm not just going to spend everything I get. I'm going to put some aside for auto, auto put some aside without having to make the decision every time. It auto right. goes into saving and investing and planning for the future. It auto goes into sharing and what we want to give. And it auto goes into what we can now live off of, right? That one move is so good to help families give while they live. Because now you can set a plan, right? You know that part of every paycheck, maybe we do want to do this trip to Africa or Nicaragua, like you said. Maybe we do want to do a family experience together, right? I don't, I don't consider giving just to a 501c3, Chad. I think that's a pretty important thing. I agree. That's yeah, something I we agree. have to make sure parents understand. I think in the whole tax world now, some parents are like, oh, well, my giving is whatever I can get a tax write-off on. Well, that doesn't create experiences that last a lifetime. And I'd say your kids can tell when you're giving inauthentically. Yes, that's right. And so if you can budget and plan ahead and say, yeah, you know, five cents of every dollar or 10 cents of every dollar we're going to give is going to go set aside or whatever we make is going to go towards this giving or this experience that we as a family want to have together to go give, right? Give while you live. Uh, that is um, something that you and I have both had probably very, very deep and rich memories and experiences with our kids. I think I've already been putting positive 
family giving memories in my kids, you know, memory bank for the long term. That's how I do want to be remembered by by my family, by my friends, our community. You know, Donald's want to be known for giving more than we use in every situation, right? Adding value. So I, I think that. that's the case we're trying to make. And I, I want to one last thing. Your your number seven. Yeah, um, maybe maybe it would be worthwhile just to breeze through those for those who didn't see the yeah. post today. So yeah, here's here's the seven reasons why giving while living can add more fulfillment and joy to your life. Number one, you actually get to witness the difference of making rather than it, uh, the difference you're making rather than it happening after you're gone. Right. That's number one. Number two, you can add valuable lessons with your giving and add mentorship and education along the way. Number three, your giving may lead to real breakthroughs and progress in the causes you care about most. Number four, you create the opportunity to teach your kids the importance of generosity, empathy, and kindness. Five, you re your research shows, actually research shows that unselfish giving actually makes you happier and more content uh, with your own life. Number six, it can help create a sense of unity and shared responsibility within your community. And number seven, create a family legacy for future generations so the pattern of giving and supporting each other remains long after your life is over. And that's the, that's the main point I think we're trying to say is like, if you really want to talk about legacy and wealth transfer, wealth is way more than money. Wealth sure. is knowledge. Wealth is experience. Wealth is like, what makes you, you, Chad? What makes me, me? All of our shared experiences and all the things that we see and know and want to pass on to our kids and grandkids, that's true legacy. So focus on that and use your wealth as a tool for that. I mean, this is a great discussion. I feel like we've uh, we've given some good practical advice, and I'll just go back to that idea that you can make a greater impact earlier on the future generations than rather than waiting. And I think that's old school. It's taboo in the old school group to talk about money. They didn't even really talk about money. Probably from the Depression era issues of like money problems were something you kept from the kids. And so, you know, they don't talk about money and then suddenly there's this surprise inheritance and it's squandered and it's like nothing was really passed on. Nothing was passed on except maybe some problems and some squabbles over, over what was left over and who gets what. So in, the, in light of what we teach here at the Smart Money Parenting Show, start early, start young, have these conversations, involve your family in, in money situations, make an impact by giving while living talking to your kids about financial opportunities to give, seeing what they need. I, I just think about my kids in their 20s and I'm willing to do things that'll help them start a business. Now, I'm not, I'm not just gonna throw money at them and spoil them and ruin them, but starting a business or assisting with the first purchase of a house or an investment opportunity, like I want them to have those experiences. I don't want them to struggle for 40 years and then just dump a bunch of money on them when they're 70 years old. That doesn't make sense to me. So once again, you can make a generational impact on your family, your legacy, and your community if you focus on giving while living. Yeah, and this prepares, this way of thinking prepares kids for wealth. It's true. Right? If you just stop having any conversations, you don't give while you live, you don't talk about money to their kids, you don't talk about your investing, and you don't help them think through these these stages of their life, they're not going to be prepared for wealth. That's what we're trying to get to here, right? If all of a sudden your kids are in their late 20s and you just drop a huge check on them, 
most likely that's going to ruin them. But if, but if you've been preparing that kid for decades and if, and if you've had these smart money conversations with your kids for decades, guess what? Then helping them out with the house, then, you know, some sort of a loan or helping them out with what they might need doesn't have the same spirit attached to it. You know that they're capable and confident in their value creators as is. Now you guys can work on giving while living. You know, I, I look at my grandpa, you know, he started Interwest Bank, um, became the number one small business bank in America in the 60s. He's literally the living story of It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. It's That's hilarious. Awesome. And he, he's, he's a built, superstar. He actually, it's, it was called Woodby Island Savings and Loan in 1962 or whatever when they started it. And they grew it to 90 branches. He became Ronald Reagan's bank chair at one point. Uh, wow. Just unbelievable wow. story. Unbelievable story. The, the bank sold for like over like billion something to Wells Fargo in 2001. And they didn't just give it to the, the kids and grandkids, right? They put it in charitable trusts and experiences for the family. Skiing trips, trips together, helping the family with education. You know, it, it, what can we give as a family to other charities and help people around the world as an experience together? That has probably bind the family together over the last couple of decades than some big check. Of like course. Probably 10 times more. We are now way tight. Like I just had my aunt and uncle here in Phoenix came in from Washington. They were over at our house last night with my cousins and their new, their new son, Aiden. Like that is the legacy that they left. And yeah, my yeah, grandpa. The, the unity, the unity of experiences and values is what your grandpa passed on. And, and we're all tight. Like it's unbelievable to see. Like people look at our that side of the my mom's side of the family, like, wow, like you guys are tight. And it's a, cool. it's something that should be shared because yeah, they grew up in the depression. You know, my grandma and grandpa, they were married for 67 years before my grandma passed away a couple of years ago. My grandpa's still alive. We just put him in a retirement home reluctantly, but he, you know, he was starting to see visions and it's time to go. Uh, but, you know, he grew up chewing tar as gum in the Great Depression. They reused napkins until my grandma died. They used, they ate brown guacamole. They were that kind of generation, right? But at the same time, they understood this power of legacy. Uh, and it's not just passing off a big check when you're dead. They knew early on that it was about passing on the memories and the experiences and the knowledge. And that's something I get to benefit from today. That's why I'm sitting here with you today. It's awesome. I love it. What a, what a <laughs> legacy though. Your grandpa's a, a legend for sure. That's awesome. Oh yeah. I got, we all have incredible stories of our families that made us who we are today. So, all right. Well, that is the power of giving while living, which is better than an inheritance. And uh, that's all we got to say. If you guys want to ask us more questions and let us riff off them, we got a lot of experience. Go to smartmoneyparenting.com ask us a question. And if you get featured on the show, we can give you some swag and some spiffs and we'll get you on gravy stack. Uh, and thanks for liking us, uh, follow click a follow. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, or subscribe on YouTube and, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. It takes more than money. If you want to succeed, you gotta know what to do with it. They gotta take the lead. Gotta give them confidence. Gotta make them smart. If your kids are gonna thrive, now's the time to start. Smart money parenting.